cosmic expanse of podcasts we find ourselves floating in the timeless void of fumble through fumble through a podcast that's as unpredictable as a supernova (laughs) and as entertaining as a black hole's event horizon greetings is this a bleached black hole yeah bleached black hole uh, well not what i'm drinking please thank you (laughs) so i say to you the uh, greetings interstellar wanderers and fellow terrestrial beings it is a pleasure to have you once again on board our cosmic voyage through the universe of role-playing laughter and intriguing conversations as we navigate the starry seas of creativity let's take a moment to reflect on the infinite possibilities that lie before us you are the navigator Lindsay. interstellar communications please uh, please make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. I don't know. X. What about no, X? No, fuck oh. X. Thank you, your horror. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't know. Do we need to go back into X? Uh, no, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't have TikTok either. So, someone so, someone who knows socials needs really? to tell us what we're meant to be doing. because mm. We'll figure it out one day. But either way, you know what we do do? We release it. A podcast. <laughs> he said doo-doo. Ah, ah. Hey, Brett, what's in the fumbic, fumble fridge of <laughs> words and me today? Hey, Brett, what's in the fumble fridge of galactic beverages? Well, you should know. You brought it today. I did bring it today. Today it's a Stockade Brew Company. Um, it's from, a, I think it's a goblin company because it's an India pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's because you got to get it in. Why? Well, that's a three bag. There's a little for goblet our, on the front. For our regular the listeners, this is called a little bit an of scotch. Eight bit India Pale Ale. Mm. Um, really lovely can for those that this is very cool. are on the packaging highway. Um, I love for a good package. All right. Well, hang on. What? <laughs> good packaging. So this on the can, it's got like eight bit eight bit graphics. Um, is that the cactus? Six, is it? I it's thought it was a goblin. Oh, I do it's this a- every time, right? <laughs> Six point five percent. I didn't get that, Lindsay. Well done. Throwback this big bitter West Coast style IPA for a full tilt hop hit with citrus and sweet sweet malt. One point nine standard drinks. Brewed and canned by two in Two Ducks Lane in Goulburn, New South Wales, by the Tribe Brewery Pty Ltd. And um, not just a really good graphic on the can but a really nice tone to the that mm. pale behind the color tone is beautiful a pale behind well it's a pale <laughs> ale and they went to a pale background um i think it's nice i love it throw back to my childhood game boy mm. I, I chose it for a couple of reasons because I'm not a big fan of the IPAs. They are very hops forward. I was going to oh, say really? it's very hops yeah, forward. They are very hops forward for me. And they're very bitter as well. But what I did like about it is that it is it is about 8-bit gaming. And you guys, given that you just bit the dust, I thought I could 8 it up. Thank was you. Are you saying something? Was I'll 8 the number of hits that dragon took? Was <laughs> <laughs> more the number of seconds it survived? Not even. So hang on. How many rounds did we go through? Two. I want to talk about it. So that was like 12 seconds. The whole encounter lasted 12 seconds. I don't want to talk. That's crazy. Are you talking about with your wife? No, that's a good night. (laughs) Aspirationally. It's a good night because you're having someone else in the room. (laughs) 
<laughs> whenever you have a partner involved, it does, does feel oh, like right. yeah. I thought you meant an additional person. No, I was like, that's just weird, Justin. I mean, you're not alone and crying. Oh, gosh. So the beer, let's back to the beer. <laughs> I finished my haiku. Ah. Ah. Yep. 8 bit hoppy brew, the weekly drink for fumble through. Bitter. Like Justin. <laughs> I like that there was a rhyme there. That was good. Cheers. Cheers. That, that was good. good. Cheers. Thank you for the beverage, Justin. You're welcome. I don't mind that. Oh, the citrus. Do you know what? The citrus actually cuts some I could of the drink bit that all day. Yeah. <laughs> the citrus actually cuts some of the bits that I don't like about IPAs. Like it's that actually, is a- I'm not sure having it straight after a raspberry flavored Schweppes uh, soft drink is the best thing to have done, but it is nice either way. It, it does have the hops forward on that one, I it's think. Very you know, hops forward, and there's a bitter, there's a real the bitter. Yeah. That's the hops. Yeah, I, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it. Mm. But it does, the citrus does something that cuts it a little. Mm. It's a little salty. I know, I know that's only my second haiku, but I'm really proud of that one. That was, that was <laughs> gold. No, no, no lie. That was gold. <laughs> yeah, he's been quiet because he's been basking in his own <laughs> glory. <laughs> I'm proud of that one as well. <laughs> that was a good one. That it was, was immortalized now forever I on I don't there. think you've done a bad haiku. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a better one. Oh, that's funny. So, for this week's dicey question, let's contemplate the cosmos together. As you as you may have seen, I have been talking the cosmos at the moment. Um, if you were to bar- embark on a spacefaring adventure, what role or profession would you choose aboard a starship? And what would you name your vessel as it sails through the celestial expanse? This is for two reasons I'm doing this. Number one, I'm playing a lot of Starfield. <laughs> Number two, Ahsoka Tano. Yes. Oh, have you watched it now? I have not. Oh, fuck. Oh, right. But I've caught up on Mandalorian and I'm almost there. And I'm looking forward to because you guys, this better be good because the way you guys are frothing me up around this, <laughs> it better not disappoint me because I have been, I, I got to say, it, the, I, I've been, I'm at a point at the moment where some of this stuff is actually hard for me to wade through. Mm, no, this will not be hard for you to wade through. The only thing that will be hard as you're watching it is that you will remember that one of the best one of the best performances of a character in that entire show mm-hmm. will never happen again yeah, after yeah. that show. Yeah. After that season. That's not the only thing that'll be hard. <laughs> I was waiting for that. It sounds like I was, I was actually thought we were going to, I was, you know, thought that there was some growth at the table. <laughs> no, I'll bring that us, was I'll bring obviously us, hard. <laughs> I'll bring us back to the center. Yeah. <laughs> so Starship. What would you call it? What What would your uh, What do you think that you would choose? What kind of role or profession would you be aboard a, this a starship? Mm, interesting. Okay. Starships were meant to fly. Thanks, Nikki Minage. <laughs> you might. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, going off my current profession, I would assume I'd be some sort of a. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, communications officer or, nice. you know, I don't know, being, you know, cyberspace, mm-hmm. cybersecurity, mm-hmm. would security officer translate to space? I don't know. So is your ship I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'd be able to do as many hard penetrations. Uh, well, no, you, want to stop, you want to stop the hard penetrations the name from of the, the ship. ship. <laughs> the pen test. Just the tip. <laughs> 
Um, but no, yeah, I think, you know, some f- form of communications officer would be <laughs> Only fun. in haiku. Yeah, you're an alien. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm imagining now you're an alien who only speaks in haiku. <laughs> like that race in Star Trek that only speaks in, like, historical context. <laughs> Markla from South Park. You know, I also handle socials, you know. <laughs> The promotion before you arrive at a planet. <laughs> the warning would be really <laughs> in a haiku, <laughs> trying to warn someone. That's funny. Man. Okay, so communications officer, have you got a name for your ship? That's hard, hey, because mm. you don't want it to be- Depends what kind of ship yeah, it is. Yeah, is it going to- Are we talking yeah. a, a well, ship? What kind of ship? In your mind's eye, what, describe the ship. Let's add that bit. Then. A spaceship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spaceship. I don't know, it'd be kind of like a smuggling, I was explaining this before, I I think like an all-rounder kind of like smuggling sort of vessel, like, you know, the Firefly Millennium Falcon, light armoured, hidden, hidden places. Freighter. Yeah, something like that. And- um, What would you call it, don't you? The wobbly wheel? Um, <laughs> Is that yours? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought maybe in space you'd have two legs that would be like- <laughs> <laughs> He's just constantly in orbit. <laughs> A decaying orbit. <laughs> no, in space, no one can see you live. Gosh. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll come back to that, right? Because I yeah, think I'm going to struggle with that one as well. think about that. All right. Anyone else? Who wants to go? Uh, I think I'd be the chef. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I'm thinking Steven Seagal and the portions. portion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because I think that would be. I, I just think of Neelix on um, yeah. Voyager as well. Yeah. Kind of keeps yeah. the crew morale yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Neelix is a great character. He is a very well. underrated yeah, character. He is a great feel, character. On reflection, he would um, be more like Whoopi. Oh, she doesn't really make the food though, does she? Or she's she's she offers the unhelpful cryptic advice. Isn't she the bartender? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. she does. It's all drinks. <laughs> she does Troy's job <laughs> better. Now, if I was on a luxury cruiser, maybe I would do her job, but. If, would you want to be a chef, chef on a ship that just replicates Ooh, the food? That's what I was going to say. Doesn't that make, make you just a replicator? Oh, like, like, hang on a minute. Not all science fiction stuff's got okay. replicators there, right? But also, wouldn't you get sick of replicator food? No. Maybe that's the whole thing. Well, think, it's yeah. a it's a it's a voyage amongst the stars in an old school right. do it yourself old school galleon right. yeah. in the galley yeah. in the galleon. Yeah. So you can smell it being replicated. <laughs> Reconstituted feces. Yeah. How many ways can you eat chicken? Hot dog. <laughs> Fresh. Well, Mr. Whippy. What, what does your ship look like? Look like? Mm. Well, hang on. What do we go to looking like? Well, we just said describe the, what kind oh, of ship it is. I don't know. I was thinking more of like, um, I don't know. I was thinking because I, I came like the other idea of the uh, under siege thing. I was thinking more of like a like a battleship, kind of like a, yeah, I don't big, know, like an Imperial Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. 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 One of many chefs on there. Yep. Special Forces chefs. Um, <laughs> I like that you want to be Steven Seagal. I know, right? I just think that's great. The <laughs> man could cook and kick ass. <laughs> you just do it for the chef? cake scene, right? That's it, right? Yeah. Erica Leniak. Mm. Yeah. Brett? Well, I... Uh, I thought oh, name of your ship. Name Did you get of my one ship? yet? The frosty topping. I don't know. Oh, I like oh. it. The frosty topping. That's good. Yeah, I don't sure. know. I want a serious name and I want a silly name. I don't know. I kind of can't have, can't have it all. I thought immediately that I'd be janitorial staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went straight there. Rimmer. <laughs> well, <laughs> part of, and then I went. Oh yeah, no, that's been done. Um, but I didn't think it was some kind of bridge crew or anyone with any kind of qualifications. I could be the entertain chief entertainment officer. Um, 
that's about it. Um, and uh, the ship that I'd be on, I think, would be one. I imagine like a ship that breaks new ground, kind of like those big ice breakers that go to Antarctica. They kind oh, yeah. of they go through and break new mm-hmm. ground. That it's kind of a good of heavy bow. That you can- only go to b- planets with rings around them. <laughs> we could <laughs> avoid the ring, Captain. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's only one kilometre wide. Provide, no. provides for a di- very different shape of the ship <laughs> if you're hitting into rings all the time. But I thought the name of it would be the Black Hole Buster. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. That's very good. So, so it kind of really goes with the whole r- yep. ring thing. Yep. I've, tied it, I've thing. tied it all together. <laughs> oh, dear. Come on, Justin. Well, for some reason, I'm thinking Love Boat. So I've gone straight to there, like gopher in the love boat. But I think my job, I've got two jobs that I think that I would be, I would like to do. The first would be like the ringmaster of the entertainment, you know, like the the MC, the the guy with the big twirly moustache who sits in there and and introduces the entertainment. Is just quite eclectic and weird and that kind of thing. But the second thing I would love to do is, you know, in a submarine, there's a guy that pulls down the uh, the the periscope. And just looks through it and says stuff like, float the buoy. I just want to oh, be that guy. Isn't that the captain? I just want to be uh, be like the, the guy that's like. Or the XO. They're jabbing the radar saw. So, strawberry, I think. One ping, Mr. Pasoli. Yeah. So, something along those lines. Um, but I, I think I would be in more of a luxury cruise liner, like the the, the luxury cruise oh, liner kind of. Is there a TV show tour. about that? Oh, matron. With some kind of touring around kind of, kind of the, that kind of stuff. So, I think my ship would be called the Galaxina, and it would definitely have a masthead of something along those lines. <laughs> So I've just pulled up an AI generated picture of the black hole buster. Nice. Um, so I'll post that one up for It's like a massive flashlight. That's <laughs> <laughs> on brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, what have you thought of a name yet? Um, let's just go Storm. Oh. Any storm in a port? Teacup. Yeah, teacup, yeah. Storm. Yeah. Okay. Just a quick one today. Did you have a name yet? Frosty Top. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well done. Look at that. We're there. Like, wow. Like what we do in this game, we finish. We finish <laughs> things. We finish discussions. And that leads us to- It may take a while getting there, but yeah. <laughs> and that takes- oh, I've complained. 12 <laughs> seconds. And that takes us to today's discussion. And today is not about rolling dice. Today is not about anything other than let's- Reminisce. Let's go back into the essentials kit. Let's talk about some of the things that we did. Let's talk about fifth edition. Let's give it the due that it needs and talk about all the things that are going. I thought that tonight we would be talking a little bit about what brought us together. So the first thing is we we chose a different um, a different rule set. We went with the D and D fifth edition. We've we've played through the essentials kit. We've got a storyline. We've got characters. We've got other characters that were around. So you know things like that. So I want to talk about. Notable locations, NPCs, moments that we went through, things that we liked about the game, things we didn't like about the game, things we liked about the system, things we didn't like about the system, things that actually stayed with us, and maybe some unanswered questions or some things that you want to know, maybe from me, what might have been and what might not have been. So, starting with the first one, let's talk about 5th edition. (laughs) Let's get straight into it. I point my way. 
Well, you were the one that claimed that we had to drink alcohol in order for you to play fifth edition. Now, I have played Pathfinder. I'm going to say I'm a Pathfinder tragic, um, and I, but I have played many iterations of Dungeons & Dragons. I've been playing role-playing games for a fairly long time. Um, which means I've seen a couple of different role-playing iterations and I've played different systems outside of the Dungeons & Dragons ecosphere as well um, to have a look. So I think it's it's a very interesting thing always to play a new system. And, and I want to start with the idea that no system's perfect. I don't think that, that there is something that will reach everything, but there are obviously goods and bads. So let's start with the good parts. What do we like about 5th edition when we moved over? From a player's perspective, I felt that it was much more flexible and dynamic. In what way? In in the way that it, um, as we'd mentioned maybe before, the uh, we didn't get too bogged down with the context of rules in mm-hmm. any given action. Mm. I don't know whether that was easier or harder for you as a GM mm-hmm. to navigate through that, uh, but it certainly seemed a, a lot more fluid in, in the flow. So I, one of the things I find with it, which is, so that's a positive, mm-hmm. but as a flip side, I find that harder in a sense because it, it as it's probably designed to, lended much more space for the role-playing aspect of the game, mm-hmm. which because I felt that my, I'm probably answering about six questions in one yeah, game that's here, all right. my character design, I I don't think I gave it the 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 time that I possibly should have done mm-hmm. to develop a character that I could have comfortably played within that free space that was available mm-hmm. at the table. Um, so- do you think part of that was the attitude we had coming, knowing that it was just a bit of a it was going to be super quick. Yes. Super quick. Yeah. We also hadn't put that time and pressure on ourselves as well. I think that that is part of that approach as well. There was a lot of no pressure, I felt, uh, walking into it. So that was different from me as well. I didn't feel a sense of pressure or, or sense of this is longitudinal. It felt like sometimes those, you know, those little adventures, the Pathfinder Society stuff, the things you don't care about. I wonder if that play does that play into what you felt around the room for role playing as well that we gave it the room to role play. What in the uh, those short games? No, in these games. In, in, in this, this game, in this yeah, game. no, yeah, we did, uh, and and I think yeah, um, that's certainly a positive thing for the system. I think it's not to say that that space isn't there in Pathfinder. It's just that um, there are moments where we can. Um, get a little bogged down with the mechanics. Well, it's it's hard not to yeah. fucking role play when you have a character called Bilson Moon who comes in <laughs> and he's just a role-playing powerhouse yep. of a character. Like, yep. you know, that that I think set the tone for that interaction. But to me, he couldn't have been played in any other he couldn't have been in Pathfinder. You reckon? Yeah. There was not an like to be as flexible as he was, it, it had to be the, like, when you think about Pathfinder Bards, you've got all your different performance checks, which are based on your different skills in what you do. Mm-hmm. Whereas 5e, he can be a singer, or a dancer, or whatever he wants, Stripper. and it's one single skill. Mm-hmm. So, it allows him to do whatever he wants without having to specialize into oratory and then not be able to write his book or whatever, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Like, anything else- in Pathfinder, you're flavor texting. You could flavor text the the book, but then, you know, when he tries to actually do his performance skills, he'd have to be the oratory or the you know the singing or whatever. So I think he wouldn't have worked in Pathfinder. 
I somewhat disagree with that. Oh, I, I'm starting to think that whether that sounds like a bit of a challenge that we should all design these characters to the fifth level in <laughs> yeah. Pathfinder system yeah, I, and see I, I how somewhat, they play it. I somewhat disagree with that, and I get I get what you're saying, but I I think he was is a totally viable character to play in both scenarios. It's just that he's got you know, and I guess this this comes to my problem with fifth edition is that. The characters are just built to be everything to everyone and like, mm. to, to not have flaws. That's exactly what I see about the character, unless you're playing a barbarian. Um, but uh, the, I, I no. feel like I feel I do feel like Fifth Edition is a is a player's game. It it's, is. It's it's very GM heavy. I did not like GMing it because there weren't enough. Um, rule sets there weren't enough things for me like you guys would ask about knowledge checks and there's not uh, there's nothing in the book around knowledge checks and what knowledge checks mean and what you can get and what the dc for it is and you know all of that kind of stuff so i felt like a lot of it is unwritten bit and it just goes gm you figure it out yeah you know, that it, does, kind of it thing, is very which, much like which that. i don't like i didn't like that at all so you know but i did like the freeness of it i yeah. like the idea that you know what fuck it it's it's just built for just just play. I will admit, Roll a D20. Off you go. I am yeah. slightly worried because we have done 40 episodes in 5e now, mm -hmm. going back to combat in Pathfinder and going, uh, ooh, ee, uh, like we got such a flow on, like with conversing on how we did combat and stuff like that. I'm wondering if the rule set change is going to be a bit tricky for getting our flow back into the Pathfinder thing. Or, or, will it, or will it lend flow to the city because we're so used to doing it that way. And, and I think I think that's where I struggle a little. I'm trying to be very, very impartial. That's why I've been so quiet. Mm. I'm trying to really justify my innate hatred <laughs> um, and see if it's real. I think that, that what I'm getting out of Pathfinder is specificity and the way to role play that specificity so it's not i just roll an attack it's i'm trying to trip you and then you describe how you were trying to trip them there's specificity in that mm. and then for a player i i can see how new players find that specificity difficult because they just want to make up the thing that they want to make up and the hit is a hit and i'm going to describe that but I think what I like is the challenge of describing that specificity. And I see, you know, little Reg, you described that so well when you trip someone and then you kick him on the ground and then you drop an, you know, all of those things are actually the actions in Pathfinder that lead you to that. I think that's pretty cool to be able to take the specificity and give it depth and shape and meaning. And that adds to your character and your character's backstory. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you know, legitimately, I'm not dissing. 5e, I think it's a really good entry system. Um, I think any trained monkey can play it. Uh, you don't need to know the rule set. You don't mm -hmm. need to know anything. You can pick up a free app. D&D Beyond is magnificent. It is one of the best things about this mm -hmm. game. Yep. It really does lead you into it. And you can just, with it, and I think you're right, the DM job is heavy. And what I've seen in other 5e games is the lot of, a lot of the weight of that storytelling sits with the GM and that the characters slide in their bits for that stuff that the GM then takes over and describes those, those bits. Or, you know, that's why Matt Mercer maybe is so well regarded because he gives so much descriptive context for those characters just to find a moment within that the characters don't have to do that much work. They can just describe their character within the context. I think Pathfinder might be a little more prescriptive in that, so the players have to buy into the context too. So what you mean is like, say, for using Reg as an example there, because mm. I've built the character with the trip in mind and the mm. vicious stomp mm. and things like that, the descriptive flavour that happens during combat is 
prescribed in a way because I've had to think about the stages of the build of that character in terms of the feats that I've yeah. given them. So that when it comes to combat, I'm like, now I'm going to do this feat. Yeah. Now I'm going to add this feat on. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, I'm describing those techniques and things that are happening as each as it goes. Whereas with fifth edition, because there's no real specificity within what we're actually doing if you're not clear on how you're going to do it in the moment you lose that level of descriptive language is that well, what you said well, like, well either that or you're very very free in that and i think for someone new to the game there's freedom there so to go all right reg is gonna, just gonna swing out with an elbow mm. and he hits and now the guy's on the ground would be the outcome in 5e where i think in pathfinder you're like i sweep the leg He's down on the ground. Now I get a free attack and I'm dropping the elbow. And it, like, it feels to me that yeah. that rule set gives you some guidance to the description. I'm, I'm more worried about like the whole um, the flow of the story as in, okay, I want to do a bull rush, which is yeah. an opposed strength roll mm -hmm. in 5e versus an opposed uh, uh, a D20 versus a CMD, but- cover and you get an attack of opportunity going in and then if you have this feat you get this thing and blah 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 that's, see, that, that's, that's the flow that I'm worried about for a podcast. But I think that's where I differ a little bit from you because I like I like that. I like the what I don't like about the homogeny of fifth E is that you roll it and it's one thing. I like the idea that okay, I'm going to do this this thing that's actually pretty hard to do, and there's multiple levels of things that I have to do above it. And I, I hear what you're saying around the flow of it for a podcast, mm. but I think that's where it comes. Like you guys often do stuff like you know I'm going to push him, Justin. How does that work? You know, I think the the onus in Pathfinder is actually read the rules. There's a rule set for you. And if your character, well, yeah, I'm looking at you, Luke. <laughs> but, but like, I, I think I think if you if you're a, a player at the table and you want to do something, it, the onus in Pathfinder yeah. is on you to go, I'm going to open the rule book. I'm going to look at that. And I'm going to say, look, GM, my intent is to trip this person. The way that works is I get to roll this, you roll this, we get that. If that's Successful, then this happens. Whereas in fifth edition, it's like one roll, you either do it or you don't. And it's that it's that thing that I that I get that it's it's okay, but I also think that it it also decomplexes combat and it makes combat less interesting for me. I, I totally agree. I, I I agree as a player. As a listener, when I listen back to the two yeah. lots of episodes, I know which one I think I prefer. Yeah, but I think what you're referring to is a bull rush moment where somebody said to me, I want a bull rush, now tell me how to do it. You know, and that didn't happen in 5th edition. Uh, but there, like, were, there were a number of moments, I think, in the Pathfinder bit where we got a little caught on disagreements about rules. Because yeah. you said that the, story, yeah, the onus is on true. the player, and that's you're right true. about yeah. that. But the, the issue happens then is a player's interpretation that then clashes with maybe the GM's interpretation yeah. of the rule is where we where it can be bogged down. But that, you know, that's not necessarily the system. In terms of listening, that's just how we manage that as a podcast, yeah. really, when yeah. we're recording. When was the last time we had an argument about sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't because I, you stopped doing it. I personally think the real litmus test to all this is let's do some grappling in both rule sets and see which... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean the grapple rule is a fucking complicated rule yeah. in Pathfinder. Yeah. It is. I love it. it. There are parts of it that are overly complicated, but you know, I, I guess for me, the the strength of of fifth edition is it is like literally. I haven't read. I I own 
the uh, special edition of the fifth edition books. I haven't cracked them open at all. Not to play this game, didn't have to. Read the little pamphlet that came inside the essentials kit, knew enough of the rule set that we could get going, had to look up some stuff. Well, it was along, the full experience, right? Along the full the way, essentials kit experience. And it was it was so easy to get into. What I what I haven't liked about it, and I'm gonna shift into that mode is playing a long time ago. So where where I started with Dungeons and Dragons is that your characters died easy. They were they were not long lived characters. You built characters that were perishable, that were facing death, and that ultimately would die. And there is part of first edition, second edition that one hundred percent is super hard. Gary Gygax writes, you you know, you fall down, you lose, you're dead. Fail the save, you're dead. You know, that kind of thing. What I what I think hap has happened over the years is People have gone to the idea that your players are now the central characters of a story and they need to be unstoppable. And I find that in fifth edition. I find that fifth edition players that plays like fourth edition did this as well for me as uh, also that players want to do everything and they want to do it all well and they don't want to have flaws in their character and they, they want to have one thing that they're good at that covers all like the bard skill, like, you know, when was the last time that you went and watched Steven Spielberg do a dance? That dude is not a dancer. He's a film guy and he makes visual stuff really well and he can emote stuff. So that's the part that I'm, I'm like, the taking the complexity out of it also makes it easy and it plays more like a video game for me. And if I want that, that idea that my character is unstoppable and always going to be everything to everyone, cast a spell, can heal, can level up. You know, it takes away some of the difficulty for me and some of the perishability of I'm the character. I'm not sure I 100% agree with that because we did lose a member of the party. We did. Um, and um, we, sorry, Lindsay, we didn't really have an effective healer. Uh -huh. So it, by, by that, I mean, like, I, we, we, never didn't, we didn't have we somebody have. pumping out healing. So, I mean, if that was true, what you're saying, then the party healer would be pumping out healing. See, would be able to take a hit. No, no, I'm not trying to, to, to diminish yeah, that, your character. That, and I, that, but I'm trying to uh, mm -hmm. answer to, to what you're saying. My character was a fly, was a sorcerer, was a glass jaw. I went down many times and nearly died. Mm -hmm courtesy of the healing I didn't. So it was there when it counted, that was but it wasn't still the level of healing that maybe we've experienced, say, in Pathfinder. I could fly. I tried to break that character as best I could by taking an Arakukra yeah. to keep me out of- Yeah, out flying out of, is always going to yeah, kick you Because I, I had so few hit points. The thing for the sorcerer, I felt that was maybe a little OP, was the 1d10 cantrip for days, mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. came straight out of the blocks mm -hmm. when you put it against the barbarian was- was ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I get what you're trying to say in terms of making everything, everybody great at everything, but I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that as such. It certainly made it easier uh, for you to perform your tasks. So your bardic stuff, you absolutely smashed every time. No, I, I used all my spell slots on healing. I don't know what your blind spot is for about my healing, <laughs> but you guys have this He's blind spot, spot about I healing. Think, I think the point Luke just made to you before you started talking about healing was you were on point with your performance checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I, I but you were a bard, right? So, you yeah. were a bard, so you did barding fantastically. Yes, you did healing. Absolutely Which I right. had more healing spells that did healed more than if I was a cleric. But at the, the point same I'm level. trying to make you, was it really? Yes, I had more healing spells than I could have done if I was a cleric. 
Yeah. Unless you played a cleric that was specializing in no, healing. No, 100% <laughs> not. I mean, I, I, I can't speak to healing. The point I was trying to make there was that Justin was saying all, all, all of us were great at everything, and I just don't oh, think that maybe, was necessarily no, I mean, true. I, I, I hear that back, and I'm like, maybe that's wrong. But what I, I guess my point is that I feel like the characters are built to be very, very much- you're the central star of the story yeah. and you're going to survive. I think like there's, that's the bit. But isn't that the experience well, that people I, come into I don't know that it for. is. <laughs> you come in to die. I don't know that it is. I think I think the perishability of uh, the the real moments and, and we go back to some of the real moments. Like that moment with the spiders. Yeah, because that was yeah exactly. But there that was go. a fuck up on my behalf, yeah, and, I, that, and I fucked up. And this right. is what this is my probably but biggest we know, problem. We didn't know whether that would have been a yeah. disaster for us, whether you'd fucked up or not, because that was still pretty hectic with those bites. Yeah. What but about the, the rat? The rat people that almost TPK. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you were never going to get through that because you didn't have magic weapons, and they had. Uh, that was but, supposed to be a diplomacy. Yeah, but what I'm saying, we were knocked down. There was almost someone knocked out every single fight. That was almost the T. I could have TPK'd you <laughs> so easily. It was that. But, but this is it. You either survive everything and trounce them, or there's perishability in the in the idea of a TPK. The the I, the thing I have found with as a GM for this, the the balance of monsters versus players, the 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 challenge rating stuff, terrible. I really okay. find well, I've really found that to be like a sturge, terrible foe. And then you get dragon, to something, you get something foe. like a spider, and you're like, actually, that's pretty fucking nasty yeah. like they they haven't got <laughs> would, that right would that be flipped if you went from D&D to Pathfinder and you go oh Sturges are really fucking hard and spiders easy oh that's just because it's from your known no, context cha- challenge ratings yeah but if I went from what I if 5e was what I knew on the scale of and then I monsters. stepped into Pathfinder and went mm-hmm. oh a Sturge I fought them before that- these should be easy oh fuck I'm that, that, that would be a spider right that, that would be a spider with me at not this, t- like not the podcast table, but it happened with me exactly with Sturges in the first game I ever yeah. played. Mm. Is I went, oh, Sturge, it's just a mosquito. And then I almost got freaking murdered by a Sturge. <laughs> That's what happens when you use player knowledge. Um, I, I, I want to pick up on something <laughs> but- you said, Justin, and I think I agree with you that it, the characters tend towards the middle, yeah. that the, the extreme characterizations aren't kind of there. And I think that's- Tracking with how stories are told over time, that where our, our characters in mainstream media and stories are tending towards the middle, there's not much variation towards the heroic character anymore. Where if you look at, you know, Beowulf, you look at even um, Lord of the Rings, the protagonist has flaws. They're innately flawed. They've got to overcome an internal and an external challenge. I don't know that they, that's as pronounced anymore. Mm. Um, so I think that tracks with society. I also, in terms of the system, go the system's based on hit points and damage, that if you have more hit points, you can take more damage, and that if you've got a good healer, you can bolster the hit points. And and I think that plays for an easy in. I think I prefer the system where you can tailor a character that won't take damage because of your armor class or you can dodge out the way or Mm -hmm. you can parry or you can dodge and i think we saw that role-playing moment in the duel between reg Mm. and the sword master where it was as descriptive as all hell but because of the nuance of the characters and what you were trying to do that you missed it was one the sword got stuck in the ground that you know the things told the story and this the story evolved as much out of the character as it did out of the dice and i think that's pretty cool um I would like to talk about the survivability of characters Mm. just while we're on it. Um, I personally think the being knocked unconscious part 
the five E deaths, three death saves. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's is savage. A yeah. lot scarier yeah, than yeah, a yeah. Pathfinder. I agree one. with that. Yeah. That is savage. I agree with that. I feel like, been there several times. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was sweating a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. With um with the characters being knocked out and going, oh, okay, I have to make three saves. I mean, I failed. And you're rolling a one and doing uh-huh. two. Well, like, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. So you got 50-50, yeah. basically three rolls, 50-50. Totally yeah. acknowledge that. And I was like, oh, it's only this amount of saves. And taking damage in yeah. that space was instant two. But what, what you don't have the in Pathfinder, uh, that what you do have in Pathfinder that you don't have in fifth edition, I feel, is permanent effects. You don't have a drain on your constitution that lasts a per- period of time. You don't have, like, you know, but you, go, you go down, you-, you come back up, right? And then you go, okay, now I'm going to heal for 10 minutes and everybody gets boom, boom, boom. And they're, they're, they're back to the, the, fairly good fighting shape. We just didn't encounter them. There is permanent. So. There is permanent losses like that. That's what restoration is for. Yeah. We just didn't encounter them. But in it's, that it's not as prevalent. Yeah. You know, I think even the permanent, like, hit points, you sleep. You get yeah. everything back, even your hit points. I, I get how in Pathfinder that makes a character want to sleep two, three, four days to get the hit points back, to get back to full. But a good role-playing GM will go, no, you've got to push on and you've got to push on at half mm. strength and you've got to, you know, you're going to make that work for you. You've got to actually be that, you know, the character I'm listening to, because of you, Luke, I've listened to Magician and now I'm in Silverthorn. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to Jimmy the Hand who just got, he took out a, a guard and got beaten up and he had to wait at the front door and not go in because he wasn't able to get healed up and he won't for days and it'll take him ages to recover. I yeah. like that mm-hmm. about your playability and going, actually, I'm still shook, shaken up from the fight we had two days ago. I don't mind that. I don't. I think the ease of reset was Look, as as a barbarian, that took some time with the exhaustion tracker, but for hit points and for which is a huge amount of mm. value in the game, hit points and damage dice is a huge value in the and game. I found that reset a little simple, simplified. And the things like this as well is you can take bits from each of mm. the campaigns. Mm. Like we could take three death saves over to our pathfinder oh. game. We could take long rest. Like if you have a have a sleep, it fully heals you. Like we could take these things to. Our permanent game, if we want to make it harder or easier on us, it's 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 why I think it's not you know one game to rule them all. No, and it, and again that goes back to to you know there is no permanent solution. I mean, I guess to end this part because we could probably talk about this, and I know that there is probably discussions galore out there, and there's a reason why there's a new edition that comes out every few years. It's not just to sell books; it's because we get people who've played fifth editions what ten years old. I can't believe it's gone by that much. Yeah. It's it's fairly old. Is so it? There there is a new edition well, about to come out. Two E for Pathfinder. So Two E Two E's been out for a little while. Well, but right. there's a and it's well, second edition dun- two e Dungeons and Dragons one I think they're calling oh, the next edition right. okay. and that's set to come out soon. But uh, here's my here's my question for you: If you had to choose between uh, and the only thing that I've got, I can't even say Pathfinder second edition, and there is part of me that really wants to play Pathfinder mm. second edition. Mm. I haven't yet because um, there's there's some flow in Pathfinder second edition that's not in first edition around combat that I think is a m- big improvement. Um, but Pathfinder versus fifth edition. Where are we sitting? If you had to choose, what's your what's uh, your preferred? I've got a very simple answer to this. If it's listening to Lindsay play five E, yeah, fuck, he was good in yeah, both yeah. of his characters. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me, Definitely. like you know, I think they're saying Miles. I really well, enjoy listening to Miles too. Oh, no, but like 
I don't want to diminish anyone else's character at the table, but no, a, a stellar really, like, character. Two really stellar characters brought in one after the other, and it kind of gave me a framework to go, okay, this is the beauty of the game that you can step in with all of that around your mm. character. Um, that's really, really cool. So for me to listen to a game, I mm -hmm. think it's that 5e with characters in that kind of space. Mm -hmm. I think if I want to play a game, I want to play with the nuts and bolts of Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. Luke? Yeah, I, I think I maybe would echo that in, in as much as with the Pathfinder. What I love is the, the feet trees, the way that you can construct oh. as you level up. You can really specialise a uh, you can have a fighter of many different flavors specialized in many different ways the the complexity that you can build around that, that like you were saying about middle of the road for everybody in a particular situation in, in 5e the, the the pathfinder system in terms of the feats is what i really really enjoy because i could do monks for days and i probably mm -hmm. will do monks for days <laughs> <laughs> because i can do monks of any kind of what you know we talk about grappling now and i keep going back to that original conversation i had with you about seven years ago about having a grappler in a game that mm -hmm. just annoyed the hell out of everybody and i want that guy yep. on the table um yeah i i, I think give, given the choice for longevity i think i i would happily uh stick with pathfinder but you know for a short term like beer and pretzels, just yeah. just have a muck around, have a laugh. Definitely, five e would be would be the way to go for something easy breezy without having to just burn too many brain cells. Yeah, yep. If what? um you're going to play play for monks for days, your next one has to be a healing fist monk. Oh, cool. Well, I punch you and heal you. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, then I can just tell you never heal. You know. Well, that's right because I keep breaking your nose every time I heal you. Um, I, I I'm going to go if I'm a player. I want to do Pathfinder. I get really daunted with the choices in Pathfinder mm, when I'm making a character. Mm, mm. But, like, um, my nephews have showed an interest in wanting to learn RPGs. So, yep. I'm like, I'm going to DM 5e. Hell yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, because it's easy. It's, yep. you know. Yeah. For kids, for the onboardness, yep. for that. I've got all the books ready yeah. for my girls. But as it's, soon as they start paying interest, that's it. We're it, 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 it is probably the most accessible role-playing game I have ever experienced. Like, it, it is simplified to a point where I'm like, that's that's an easy-peasy thing. I get the beer and pretzels part of yeah. it. Um, I, I kind of disagree a little bit with character because I think character comes with the player. So, you know, I think I think Lindsay could can play I think anyone can play a stellar character in any setting. I've 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 played okay. vampire Char character. No, but like as in like, like just performance. The performance, yeah. the character, okay. the character concepts, the the but execution of it. Like if you know your your game system really well, you can you can make and, something and that's it. spectacular. And hundred percent worth of focus when you can put eighty percent of it towards your character and twenty percent towards the mechanics yeah. of the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Five E works. Mm. Better for me. Yeah. Mm. So, and and I mean, I've seen that playing Vampire the Masquerade. Mm -hmm. I've seen that mm -hmm. playing, uh, sure. you know, different different games. And you watch people who are masters. The the thing for Pathfinder, and I, and I will acknowledge this because I have played it for so long. I have spent hours into knowing that, and I'm pretty knowledgeable about some of the rules. Not all of them. I fuck them up all the time. But at least you know what's sort of out there. And I get the idea that if you are looking at that, you just go, that is a complicated oh. fucking mess. And if you look, you're like, I'm not reading that <laughs> shit. So, but the I, I found the other thing when I went to the 5e, I was like, hang on a second, that can't be character creation. There's got to be more to it yeah. than this. Yeah, no, so yeah, you read it and you're like, hang on, is that uh, it? Am That's, I missing something you know, yeah. here? Where's the rule set? What do I, hang on, where's the feats? Where's the yeah, thing? Well, I was, where's it was the like thing? two feats in 10 levels, you get yeah. like 
two things. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? So, so I, fe- I felt like a little, I think there's a middle ground there to go. It can't be overwhelming, but it can't be so easy that crayons can do the game for you. <laughs> the- I, I, I do have a question yeah. because good friend of the show, Ian Rendell, played with his kids for the first time. Mm-hmm. His kids are not, you know, be- between the ages of, I think, seven and 13 or mm-hmm. something. Boots, can you put a post on our socials to tell us what you played and how well it went? Because I'm really, really interested for that experience. I'm meeting up with a guy called Reese who runs a role-playing game at one of the islands off the coast at Redland. He's just started a game there. I think he plays 5e and they're having a really good time. I think that is a huge, huge win for the community. And if you can win for the community, then the community will go where people in the community want to go and you'll find your Pathfinders You'll find your Vampire of the Masquerade. You'll find your Star um, mm-hmm. Star Wars. But if you can find that first step in 5e, then I think it's a genius of a game and it gets people yeah. in. If it gets them in and the more people in, then that's a win. And it's what's made it so popular. Like, it is more popular now than ever. Like- but it's what's made it popular in the zeitgeist. Like, it's not just popular within people who know role-playing games. It's popular because of Stranger Things, and it's popular mm, yeah. because of it's yeah, accessible huh. now to a yeah. broader perspective of people. What, can I ask you this? Like, in our personal game, where we've changed to a rule set called Fantasy Basic, which is a free rule set. It's kind of a bit of a rip-off of first and second edition and an amalgamation of those. For me, that has a really easy game system. That's a game system that's a small pamphlet of a rule set. For me, I love the idea of that game because it takes some of the ideas of fifth edition being very simple character creation, being very simple gameplay and puts it into a game. But it also, for me, it also has some of the, some of the, the negativities of role playing that, the, oh shit, do I want to walk in there because I'm going to die kind of moments and the, the, the sense of mortality that you get going, I'm genuinely afraid for my character just to walk in that room, not just, I'm going to go in there and smash the fuck out of everything. Kind of thing. How do you feel about? I, I don't want to talk it. about that game. I think I think there's a is a. I well, the answer, I'm going to answer that by asking by by making a different statement. I think. Uh-huh. I think the state the thing that I'm looking for, and I think the thing that is yet to be found, is there was a moment where you could play Street Fighter and you played on basic mode and you got access to maybe twelve moves. Yeah. And then you go to intermediate mode and you had a whole heap of other moves that you get access to. And then you go to advanced mode and you get the full move yeah. list. It might have been a different game. But that's what I'm looking for in this where you can go, well here's the here's the reduced rule set. Here's mm. how, here's the entry level rule set. But when you get comfortable with that, why don't you expand yeah. it out? And here's the bolt on. And when you get comfortable with that, why don't you go to advanced level and here's the extension of all of that stuff. That there is a a concertina effect to the game that's in absolutely possible um, with the rules to go roll a performance check. All right, if you want to go to intermediate, there's five performances you can do now. And then you can define it a bit more. And then if you want to go even more, all right, well, let's roll to see how well you pursed your lips. Like, you know, <laughs> I think I think there's a level of – so I'm, I don't want A gradient. I do. Yeah. And, and a, a, yeah, I agree. a way to step into the game that meets your need so that someone at the table can play a beginner and someone else can play an expert and it doesn't give them any more benefit. It yeah. just gives them more nuance. 
It, it strikes me right now that we've got some people who listen to this who are like, oh, there's no story in this game. Fuck, this is nerdy. <laughs> this is really nerdy. Okay, so let's let's talk about the 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 essentials kit. The the Dragon of Icebuyer Peak as a module, as a storyline, as something that starts, as something that 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 moves through. Because I want to hear what you guys as players. And again, look, I got to say, I GM this. Maybe I didn't do a great job in some places. Agreed. Maybe <laughs> maybe some of the some of it is is definitely on me and yep. some of it's definitely on the way that we we approached it but again it's supposed to be a unique experience no matter who you play it or you could play it with the same people and different characters and it should be different anyway yeah right what did you think of the dragon of ice by a peak what are what are some moments that you liked can i start on this one yeah go for it i hated the story mm. and layout of it i felt like it was one big fuck off fetch quest from world of warcraft <laughs> like all it was was so right. we were going to one guy preach, and he's like, preach. you go over here, get them, and then I'll give you money. And yeah. it was just like- But even like, why the fuck do we go to the gnomes? What was the fucking point of yeah. that shit? To get some mushrooms and fucking meet a mimic. Bullshit. And none, of them, and none of them came with us. It helped in any way. And can I say, every NPC, like you guys say that I'm combative in my- Every fucking NPC was combative in, mm. the, in the way that they were designed. Like I made some of them nicer. Than, than they are actually designed. Like, there's a dude who lives in a house. He's not supposed to talk to you. He just shoves money under the thing. I was like, I need to interact. There's a guy who's standoffish. Like, you know, there, there's all these people that, that you kind of meet along the way. Uh, but, yeah. The story was what we made it. And, like, that town, normally you'd just like, like, if you got tr treated the way you did in that town, you'd probably just leave and let them I was on the bloody home. dragon side for a long, long time. <laughs> Maybe that was me. <laughs> Maybe uh, well, no. I think the story didn't snowball. You wanted the there thing was no that through you, line. Well, you wanted the thing that you did to add to the next thing that you did to yeah. add to. The, there was none of that. None. It wasn't additive. It was kind of compartmentalized. Yeah, and that didn't like. I don't. Why do I want to go and but visit I, the bloody? I suppose as well. Let's not forget that it's not just supposed to be a first experience for the players. It's also probably designed to be a first experience for the GM as well. It was designed so that compartmentalization yeah. is probably enough to. You know, if you're coming into that, stringing together these concepts would be quite daunting as a GM but, for the yeah, first time. But wouldn't it be lovely if, if there was, like, you know, the most, the most, uh, the thing that made sense was you go to the dragon barrow, you defeat the thing, you get the sword. The sword helps Perfect. you kill the dragon. Now you go to the gnomes, you give this, they give you a thing. It helps you defeat the dragon. I don't care if the last fight with the dragon is one thing. If you've one done shot. all of these little- Well, if you this know, was the suit of armor has been scattered across yeah, and you've got to pick right. up the different pieces yeah. of the suit of armor to defeat yeah. the dragon. Yeah. I feel we're right in the campaign here, guys. <laughs> That is, that, but that that's what I kind of look for. And that, that for me, like, I found the idea of, of Fandolin, it didn't give you a real inroads. It didn't give you a reason to be there as a module. Like, you know, it's always that you meet at a pub. Now, everybody, there's a town in need. Now, unless you're a really nice person and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm willing to put myself on the line. Like, honestly, there is a moment where you're like, yeah, fuck off. There's a dragon. Fuck off. I'm, I'm out of here. This is a big world. If I'm going somewhere else. My thing more as well was if you're the first time player and you go to a Dabra Grin's place, save her from a manticore, mm. and then she refuses to come back, come back with you, do you feel accomplished in that quest? 
Yeah. Mm. Or do you feel like you failed? And that's and then, in the book. And well, then you'll do what we we did, which is make her come back. I, I <laughs> and if you make her come back in the book, it goes bad. Yeah. Like it's it's designed to go bad. Now there is a way of doing that where you can make some checks that you guys didn't actually make. The role playing was not on like the, the roles were not on your side in that in that particular moment. What was on your side was a uh a blue feathered person going into a windmill, which was fucking amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah, but we did that. That's one of my favorite moments. We did that very early. We knew we couldn't fight a manticore. She was giving us no help, but she was the one that was under duress. We could have just fucking turned around and walked away. A hundred percent. And and there would be no repercussion for the story. Hmm. I think the starter set might have been a better place to go, but Yeah, I'm interested to see what the D D starter sets uh I've 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 now are you talking about the D the fifth edition starter set? The actual set? originals. Yeah, I've yeah. played it too. I, played I, I would, I'm I'm more intrigued to see what would happen if we, we crack I know we won't. And that's set in right Van now. Dalen. Yes. Whether we actually did, cracked one of the proper like Curses Strad or Giants Storm Giants or one of the one of the ones that's supposed to be like like really good. Well, that's and, and I think that's fair because this is an, a, a short entry mm, module mm. and maybe I'm used to a longer five yep. booker that has a huge arc that kind of ties together. And in those ones, you kind of go, yeah, there's little side quests that well, you kind of yeah. fuck around with. Yeah. See, that's what I like about the first Van Dalen one is because that bridges into uh, Tomb of Elemental Evil. Mm-hmm. Tomb? No, not Tomb of Elemental Evil. Tomb of Annihilation or um, uh, just uh, Elements of the Mines of Fandel. Yeah, 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 it goes into I think Elements of Lost Mine of Fandelva. Yeah. That's the one, but yeah. it goes into their first module, you, you which can is the keep Elements. You going one. into, uh, into so a module. So you've already got your kind of like. The people in Fandalen. Yeah. And you've learned. And I think the the whole purpose of these boxes, whether it's second edition, first edition, whatever they are, is to say, okay, this is, you want to run, this is how you run. It's like that moment in a video game where it says, push less, put yeah. it forward, you know, how to jump, how to cast a spell, how to do all these things. So the, this is what it's supposed to be. But this did go on for a while. And what do you do after the first five minutes when you've learned all that <laughs> where shit? Whereas like, you, you stop doing it and you get frustrated and you well, try and skip. But we're all, also looking at it is from people that are very well i say very experienced some of us are very experienced role-playing um Who? well you three i was thinking <laughs> but um and and we've we've then sw- slipped back like six gears into something that's basically got its stabilizers on yeah. and we're trying to take it on a high-speed track and it's just right. not the train happening. wheels can't keep up yeah i yeah. fucking loved it to be honest going back I mean, I, I enjoyed doing 5e, I must admit. I, mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I was disappointed with my character creation. Like, I didn't think, I, I thought I was being a smart ass. Mm-hmm. I can fly, I can fireball, fucking here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all this other stuff, like, actually, oh, no, now I've got to think about how I'm going to talk and how I'm going to interact and like, I'm a bird. And, you know, it's just, like I said, those spaces became huge all of a sudden to role play. Lindsay nailed it, like yeah. we said, like with both his characters straight off the bat. And I know you struggled at the start, but then you really leaned into to what, what I always just felt like I was flapping around like the proverbial bluebird, not knowing what the fucking hell well, I think towards the end there, it was just, fuck, I've got to get this done. Mm. Like that, that, that was the whole like, all right, Move through, move through, follow through. Come on, everybody, keep on the straight and narrow. He kind of, I, 
I think the choice for me was to go, I'm either lost in the character or I can lean into the thing that I said, which I made up, which was he's a soldier, or maybe that was in one of the backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. And then I went, all right, well, if that's the case, then you take charge and you move it on and you move towards the objective mm. and, and you fuck all else. And then that's the choice I made was to go, all right, let's move it on. Let's move it on. I'm here to protect everyone in the room. I can do that by killing the thing or t- getting rid of them. And the two times we were really close to death, it was – Moradius, who pulled you guys out and went, let's hot foot it out of here. There was more than two times. Yeah. Because well, don't yeah. forget oh, there was pa- the church. Pa- perishable. There was the- perishable. We nearly died. There was the Many church. Times. There was the church as well. Like, I get, I, and, and uh, I probably aren't saying that it's not the perishable, but I, you certainly didn't walk into there going, I'm scared. Like, I think other there's, systems, a ten- there's a tension. Other systems, you would actually be have trepidation walking in there and you would have done yeah, it with a bit more care. See, I mean, the fact, like, you talk about like earlier systems, like uh, earlier DD, where you know you fall, you fell asleep, you're dead. Mm. It, that's very difficult when, you know, we're in a game that we're, we're there's spent all this time in character creation. Yeah, I, I don't know whether you spent that. L- I never experienced whether mm. character creation in first edition or whatever you want to call it of D and D was as involved as it is nah. with the character creation. Now. Nah. So you've invest even from the off a lot of heart yeah. into this character. Third, third edition was the, the tip. Yeah, yeah, to have them expire Excuse like me? in the <laughs> blink of an eye is yeah. is crushing. So yeah. you finding that balance of perishable to you know risk taking is a fine space I, to operate. I believe I believe third edition is where that all all sort of well, the character tipped, creation where characters became the cent- like that's where people actually went these characters are the central figures and we want to try and get some longevity and that's where we started seeing some of the first like there was always modules yeah. but that's where you started seeing the first kind of long term you know the dragon magazine that started you at first and finished you at 20th yeah. kind of stuff the idea was you made it to that 20th. you made it to 20th <laughs> or your party at least yeah. in some shape, way, or form, made it to twentieth, and that—that's where I go. What I what I probably I'm I'm just going back through the the actual book, and I, I want to talk about the quality. Like I love all the okay. things that came in the box. You get the dice, you okay. get the cards, you get the uh, you know the the GM screen. I thought the the pack of this was really good. Oh, what I th- a slap for packaging this pl- yeah. this system. Absolutely wins. Oh, I don't know. The Pathfinder's 2E beginner box. Have you seen that thing? I haven't. I haven't. But but I'm going- Is that that just point? uh, It's triple the price, but boy, oh boy. Justin. Nothing about 5E doesn't have a design element that I don't like. It's true. Mm. Let us finish the Pathfinder 1 edition game before you get us on a Pathfinder <laughs> yeah. 2 I, I haven't even I haven't even opened it. I think I think for this game, like what I think about for the, the, the idea of Dragon of Ice by Peak, if I was to sit down with teenage boys- and go, let's run through this because they're not interested in the role play stuff. They're not interested in too much in, they're interested in the, I get there and I defeat the thing and I roll the dice and I slash and I hit and I bang and I crack and I doing that kind of stuff. This is perfect for that. This is perfect. You go there. I have very little interest from the story. I'm being led by the nose and I'm going in there. Can can I ask a question about the end of the end of it? Basically. Yes. So we're in that dungeon crawl. Yes. Was did we miss much in which bit the whole oh, the whole axle hel- axome or whatever it was called? No, because it felt like a lot of rooms of an emptiness. Yeah, I, and I think that was that was something that I made a choice. And I know you told me to fa- you wanted me to fast forward through it, but the whole idea was at some point you had to come across a wraith. And I right. wanted the sense of emptiness in the place to be there because it was just you, ghouls, and a wraith. Okay. And and that was why. And there were some other things in there that, that you know, that 
you picked up a coat like the gauntlets and stuff like that in there yeah. as well. And I you can't fast forward through some of the searchy parts. I could have done away with the Sturges. I could have done away, but I wanted to play it the way it was. No, it was I, I, I'm, I'm un- I understand that. I was just curious because I always felt like I was missing something. No. Like I wasn't rolling well enough or something like that. There, and it was just like. And there are moments, I'll tell you, there are moments. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there are moments where you missed a secret door or you missed a, there, there was a, I think there was a pie, like a pillar that you missed the secret door on and you missed some treasure in there and some, some bits and bobs. So there are moments where that m- may, the whole adventure moot if you miss that one check right. you've missed you've missed the little part of the armor that you needed yeah, to get right, together okay. you know that kind of thing so there were a couple of those and i didn't want to hand wave them i know i could probably could have but i, I was like no let's let the dice lay we've always said fumble through and let the dice like you know the dice dictate what that what they are talk uh, to me okay. about characters hang on before you get off that point because there's one bit of this story that felt like it was a toe in the water and didn't get unpacked and that was the orcs with the thunder the thundery lightning orc dude yeah, yeah. which was for me one of the scariest and most well developed yeah. parts of this story that's where i was like that was a really good end game for me yeah. that guy was a like there's a lot of mystery around that though i wanted to find out more about that and then it was never kind of resurfaced there's something there that i think is useful i skipped it Right. So I, I will say there's a couple of like you can go to. So there are 20 places that you can visit in this. There's Axe Home, Butterskull Ranch, but- Conneberry, Dragon Barrow, Dwarven, blah, blah, blah. And we got to a point where I was like, oh, we're, we're in this so long. And, yeah, okay. you know, and what, what it was was a series of boar druids. So, you know, the, the pumpkins right, that we yeah. went into, the boars that were outside, they were supposed to attack you. Yes, that was supposed to happen while you were at your worst inside after that little yeah. fight. I skipped some of that. The boars have a place where you go and you fight them, but there's no other real reason than to give you that story. And that story was not as developed as I would have liked it to have been. Well, I think that's the prequel in. for the story for the because there's a trilogy that follows this, which I've three very short play alone standalone but work as a trilogy yeah. that i think they drill into that yeah yeah that's the storm lord's wrath the sleeping dragon's wake and the divine contention mm-hmm. that i think is that story arc but i found that to be the bit that i was like i'm really interested here i you've love got, that you've got me here yeah that this house, guy's cool yeah that this is, there's a whole heap of stuff in here that i want to explore mm. how you know what is going on here and then all of a sudden it's like no no off you go yeah, which parts did you, which which were the ones that stick with you as like the things that you liked the most in the in there? Like if you were like, oh, I really enjoyed that bit, or I, I liked this, or I liked. I honestly think a lot of it is stuff that you actually brought in as a DM yourself. The so um, the first encounter with the dragon is that you? <laughs> that was a random that, encounter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I don't really like that no, one. No, I know that you much. Do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dragon's Barrow. No, I literally I can show you my notes here that says have the dragon come in. Well, yeah, we finished this thing. You said something, and I was like, "That's it. You sealed your fate." Um, <laughs> like, you know, it, it was supposed to be a random. I'd forgotten to make you roll about the random stuff, or maybe we did roll, and it just happened that it landed on you guys or whatever. But either way, I remember writing, and it's still on the notes saying, "Have the dragon arrive." The initial tavern keeper was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that tavern keeper. That's the only reason JR was fighting to stop the dragon. Um, he was the nicest person in the whole village. Yeah. Yeah. He was. The, the mayor was a dipshit. 
And then the other bit, which was right at the very end, was when you tied it all together with, um, I can't remember his oh, with name. The, with the, the- The Wizard's Tower and the- Oh, the yeah. 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 That was a nice touch. That was beautiful. Yeah. So, what, what, any other bits for you, Lee? What are you thinking? I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, yeah. go, on, go on. I didn't, I liked the barrow as well. I liked that crawl through the barrow. There was intent there. I knew mm-hmm. I needed to get to the sword. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved that kind of the idea that we were in the skeleton of a, of a dragon, even mm-hmm. if it was a manufactured one. I like the idea that there were creatures down here guarding and that there could be undead down here that, that you know, all of that history kind really of made cool. sense. That that bit was written really well for yeah, me. I, I love that. that. And, it, and it was the most sensible for the story we yeah, were in. it was purposeful. Yeah. 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 I think I, I probably enjoyed the spiders. Really? Yeah, yeah. no, because I was cocky. I was so cocky at that point. Oh. I thought, I've got this. Spiders, yeah. swarms, fire, I'm yeah. all good. Yeah. And it went so bad. It's Do you know so how bad I felt when I when I walked out? <laughs> I, I I think we finished recording, and I was kind of putting all my stuff away, and I was looking at, at my my notes, and then I was like, "Oh, three spiders plus one per player, not three spiders per player." <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> and it was like it was rough. That oh, it was, was a, a kick in the complacency. Battle. Was what it was. I was like, that oh, was a rough battle. But, but the spiders also were pretty formidable. Like that's they're formidable foes. I, I don't for mind that are. in terms of story moments. So I thought that was oh, yeah, a really it was great. Good story yeah, it was really good. I thought you know yeah. it was it was it really reset the rest of that kind of crawl for us. I mm. think, and then you come across. Undead dwarves and a wraith and Sturges. And you like, you, I, I kind of was like, all right, let's be on our guard here. And that's where I think I started going, check for traps on the door, then open and, the door. And, and that story, every single one. That, that is actually the, uh, the story of Axe Home is actually quite beautiful. Like in the fact that it was a, it was an elven ambassador who went into a dwarven stronghold. Um, something happened between the two nations. So they held her captive to ransom her <gasps> off and like took away. Away all of her stuff, she turned into a, a wraith and basically killed everyone in there and turned all the dwarves e- like into the, into the ghouls. Yeah. And that's why she roamed the hall saying, this is where I live now. It's so hard when you have a story like that without with to, with to trying to, that trying to get, like with yeah. them and in like the last the dragons thing that yeah. was uh, that was a, a band of mercenaries who took over this castle who ran out of food in a siege and basically killed themselves like they drank a poisoned wine. Is so, that where the white banners came from? The so dragon banners the, came no, from? No, I kind of made them up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an interesting bit that I wanted to get to the bottom of. And- yeah, I kind of made them up. The, right. But the, the, that was like, you know, to get those bits of story across is some of the depth that as a GM, you read it and there's like pages of this mm. stuff sometimes. Mm. And you're like, how do I get that across when all you're seeing is a player is walking in and there's ghouls and a wraith? Like, how do you actually get that the Castellane was the one who imprisoned her and yeah. he's the one who had the ring? And that's why he's he's hiding behind because he still suffers from some shame about what he's doing. And, you know, you want to put this character depth in in there and this storyline. And and I find sometimes that that can be quite hard yeah. and daunting as a GM. It, it, it's hard when you got all that nuance, but the end point is so binary yeah, that go it's kill like, yeah hit smash or die going off that things we've missed we missed like that we didn't do there was one thing i really wanted to do at the end with flunt and mm. then this from here we can go if anything we missed from the game i had this one spell which was called um 
divine intervention, mm. which I was saving, which I could use two different ways. One, I could use it to add a five to a charisma throw and I'm like, fuck, you know, screw that. You know, that seems really boring for a god. Charisma isn't a strong suit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other one was if someone within 10 feet of me got gets attacked, I can use my reaction to turn, you to give, do- they have to make a wisdom saving throw, so the dragon would have to make a wisdom saving throw, which it probably would have passed knowing being a dragon. Or they take the same damage they did to that person oh, wow. as radiant damage. Wow. <laughs> so I had this whole thing where, wow. like, Flunt was going to call down Grundenar to bring friend aid to aid from his friend, and yeah. I was going to like his smoke was going to take the form of a giant. J.R. Lockwood. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it was then just going to smack him with his book. <laughs> and, and that <laughs> wouldn't have worked when the dragon breathed on us? No, it had to be melee. Ah, uh, right. Okay. And he didn't even get one off. Yeah. I mean, the, that was like, the one thing I was waiting for. Tail, that, tail, claw, that, claw, bite. Then I didn't use my the necklace of fireballs of 32d6. Yeah. I thought the first thing that was going to happen was, uh, like, if that was me, that would be, like, the entire necklace just woof, end yeah. the game. I just waste- use it or lose it because it's the last hurrah. I wanted to get in that fire foot range so I could use the reaction yeah, right. if it yeah, came yeah. to it just for that one moment because yep. I thought that would have been a beautiful kind of, like, wrap-up of bringing well, JR yeah. back in to fight the dragon. I think at that point, Maradius didn't even think about you guys. He was just, it's me and the dragon. Yeah. And that's all that, like, he was oh, singularly boy, oh boy, focused. He pretty much was there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, boy, oh boy, did he do, like, well, 70 that, points of damage. I, only because of that sword doing 3d6. I think and if it was crit. his- Well, sure, but- that was, that was a good volley. That was an opening volley for the ages. Yeah. But the sword significantly, like, yeah. made that worthwhile. It would have taken three or four rounds and been a lot more dicey yeah. if it wasn't that sword. Yeah. All right, notable characters. Let's go out of these. Like maybe notable people that you interacted with or uh, slash adventured with or things that you were like, oh. The rat um, yeah. leader, leader king. What? That the wasn't rat. in this game. That was? Yeah. Oh. The were-rats. Oh, the were-rats. the were-rats. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. so long ago. Again, so, sorry, i got to go back here because I almost scrubbed that from my mind. That is wonderful, but there is no way that you can even- like, If you go there at sixth level, you got a chance. You go there at third level, which I think you were, you're dead. Like, there is no- You go in there and you piss them off. Like, they have like all, the, all the power in that, and this is a point that you missed. There are dwarves held up in the back of that complex. They they have prisoner dwarves in there, and you could have freed them, and you didn't. Oh, yeah, no. and that's that. That is the. No, hard, I don't need to hear that kind of thing. That Justin. is the hard part because you can't damage them until you Guess have we're a magic going weapon. Back in. Well, yeah. we still only got one. Yeah, the the magic weapons that that is. I found that to be quite limiting. Like there wasn't a lot of it in the thing. Like I would have thought, and I get it. You early early days yet, but uh, doing it, magic against those is what would have yeah, would have killed them. Like you, you know, you have a sorcerer. The sorcerer is going to smash. Why? Why would not everyone have magic in this game? Would be the other thing, right? Well, having a, a bar for casters, having a barbarian early but, levels. Uh, surely take take a level of sorcerer, one level, and that's all you need. Cantrip, yeah. D10 every time. It or is warlock. it is a pretty pop or warlock. Yeah, it is a pretty popular conversation out there right. around this system. Around the melee characters are really second rate. A lot of them have been right. Have are not as good as the uh, the kind of 
Yeah, that- well, you've got to overcome that with the items then, right? That's the way to overcome a mellow character, character's deficiency when you can't pump it with feats mm-hmm. or other things is items. Mm-hmm. And I think you did that. You know, I looked at Meridius, who hated magic, and he had a lot of fucking he items really on did. his body. Well, he had all of them, I think. At the end of it, the, <laughs> yeah. the like, I think, I don't think you didn't have one of the, you had the hat, you had the gauntlets, you had you the sword, you up. had the shield, you had- I had the rod, I had the clockwork amulet, I had the, like- yeah. Right. He was. He had a whole heap of yeah. non-magical, magical stuff. So, so <laughs> the um. Okay, so the characters. Ophelia. Do you remember her? Yes. I really enjoyed playing Ophelia. Actually, <laughs> I thought she was a fun character to play. I really enjoyed editing Ophelia. <laughs> Falcon. Falcon. I, I, oh, I, I did. Falcon was like. I think the voice was hard. <laughs> the voice was a real. I was like, it, it was oh, a I've choice. Committed too it, hard. Yeah. This is too. Like it, it came from me. Not that I was trying. Okay. I'll. This is oh, this is not going to sound good. I was trying to make him like a Navajo yeah, Indian we got it. kind we got of you. voice, but I'm not good at that, so I had to slow it right down to get the nuance of it, which I didn't get anyway. And I'm like, I should have just kept it at normal <laughs> speed and fucked it up, like it just been bad at it. I think like Falcon was fine, and I get that context. I think Pell. There was an interesting story in Pell where Pell wanted to join us. I think that moment of Pell on the uh-huh. road uh-huh. that stuck with me. Yeah, I think there was something around Pell and uh, what the older dude. Pell, Pell, was that the, the, the little boy? No, the, the little boy that lived with Falcon. So Falcon oh, had yeah, yeah, the yeah. old footman and the young stable mm-hmm. hand. And yeah, that was. And I think if you take Falcon, like Fal- you needed Falcon in that place, but those two were the interesting characters yeah. for me to go, what are they doing? How are they going to get through this? The orcs are coming. They're not yeah. Falcon's power. Pell wants to prove it. Like there's something in that to go for a group of heroes. There was someone that you could be heroic for and with. And there was supposed to be an orc raid on Falcon's. Oh place again something yeah. i sort of went because i was sure. like we're running out of time yeah i need to do that so it, it either happens when you're not there which it would have happened the way that we played the story yeah and that would have been a moment like you know as a gm i would have i would have chosen to kill pell or you know i would have probably offed him to give you guys some skin in the game at that point like yep. as a gm that's where you're like oh fuck that those orcs are going to go down but then that also made the story of the orcs more central to the yeah. to the to the and thing. I guess we already had that. Well, I had that because Jr. went down. Yeah, yeah. What I, I'm going to tell you what I what the character I loved the most is actually the mayor inside behind the door. <laughs> what's, like, what what's a, the story there? What that's a fuck card if so I've ever heard scared. one. He didn't want to come out. What a that fuck. was it? And I was like, I read that and I was like, okay. We're gonna we're gonna play that, and we're gonna play that as hard as we can. Like, what a what a weird fucking story. The guy who's supposed to give you some nouse right at the beginning and go, "Hey guys, we need you to do the thing." I'm behind a door, and I'm not gonna talk to anyone. I'm just gonna slide coins. I'm gonna rally my town from back here in my bedroom. Yeah, and there's no one else to take over. So yeah, there there is. Well, Jr. tried. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) I love the idea that you guys were gonna go in there and drag him out too. That was uh, that was pretty nice. So anyway, look, we've been talking about this for a very long time. The next steps for us guys, the next steps is to get back to our other game. And I have gone back because it has been we are in a bind. so long, and because we've recorded it, I can go back to my notes and I can. And there's still some things like I'm struggling to find some of my notes because it's been so long. But going back and listening to it, I have genuinely gone. 
Oh, we did leave we that. We left it in a very bad in place. In a precarious place. So yes, it could be, you know how we talked about the dragon being a one and done? We could be finishing that game very quickly. I mean, this will prove, though, because, like, I think part of the reason we did it is we were too afraid to go back to that after the, the <laughs> after break the we break had as, with as Vivian and stuff. something that goes down. But, yeah. like, this kind of really proves, like, there's been quite a few things in our games where I've had people message me going, do you fudge your rolls? We really don't. Like, we are the dice gods, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So. And when I roll well, I'm actually, I I get on heat streaks and, and, you know, and then I go on very cold streaks. But it's a. it's it's a, it's a very interesting place. So, next time we get together, what I want to do is I want to do a bit of a recap. I want to talk about okay. that because I think our listeners yeah. probably need to- I need to go I back I don't expect people well. to go back and re-listen to the episodes. Let's do that for them. Let's come back. Let's remind them of who we are. Let's talk about Flopsy, Jardy, Tia, uh, Reg. Who's Jardy? Jardy, Flopsy's real name. Right. <laughs> Spinder Strike is his real name. His moniker is jo- is. Flopsy. Flopsy because of the tail. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and then we've got TR, we've got, you know, Reg, we've got, there's some nuance in that game that we probably have to remind ourselves of. Mm. I, you know, yep. so there's, there's a whole heap of things. And we're in the middle of a game sort of gone wrong and a menagerie gone wild. Yeah. So, so we've got to talk about that and the, what we're doing. The context of that there. as well. Yeah. You don't even need to up. read a rule book, Luke, because you're knocked out. I think, yeah, that's it. It's, I'm probably uh, going to be one and done. Oh, and there is a Yeti standing above people. I thought I was being dragged and somebody's holding on to me. If no, only there was a record of it that we no. could go back and double check. Yeah. And listen to it's, it's, look, it's dire, <laughs> but it's also not because I think T is okay. I think- I've got a backup character anyway. Yeah, I think T is, T is doing T is holding well. a cockatrice, right? Yeah, you went, yes. <laughs> Just a what? Three cockatrices. Cockatrice? Yeah. Greedy girl. The most dangerous of all the Clever combatants girl. here. So, yeah. But yes, so we'll go back to the convocation. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, but anyway, look, can I say I enjoyed the whole experience of fifth edition. Mm. It really was, was apart fun. from a couple of moments, it was probably the longest I've spent in fifth edition. So maybe I'll change because I, I don't intend on not playing it again, but- um. You know, I, I, what it does is make me really keen to try some other, like I'm keen to try Pathfinder 2 because of the fact that we've diverged away think, from something that's very comfortable for me. I think you're right. I think I'm the same. I wouldn't mind going back to 5e. I think I've found a way to play it by looking at my friends around the table that would help me step into the game again. Mm. And also don't play a Berserk Barbarian next time. What? You need something beyond what just D&D Beyond yeah. can give you. Every but, other barbarian is perfect. But there, there is that element. So while D&D Beyond is great, there is a moment of pay to play with mm. with that. Yeah. Like what I do, what I haven't liked, and I, I'm just going to say this, Wizards of the Coast, when we buy a book, give us a code and let it be in D&D Beyond. Mm. I shouldn't have to buy a resource and have a digital resource. Like it's not okay for me in a world where I'm paying good money for a resource and then having to pay that same for yeah, that same resource yeah. again like you increase the price if you have to but give it to us both give both yep. of those Amen. to us it's a, it's probably the biggest cuz the books are reasonably priced are like what 60 60 50 dollars and yeah. i've i've started accruing there's still a few that i want to get i'm mm. interested in the dragonlance like i love the dragonlance one. i love to play like and that's what i was about to go yeah. i don't like Spelljammer. I've, I've seen the system up. I understand the system. I get how to play the system now. I think I would, 
I would be a bit more frivolous about my way into the system, um, but I'd love to use the system to see how uh, Dragonlance plays in this. Yeah. I think I've got a, a very soft spot in my heart for Dragonlance yeah. as one of my early kind of TSR experiences mm -hmm. and and fantasy experiences, so I'd love to see how that plays. Um, I just don't know that I could do it as it's the thing that scratches the itch week in, week out. Yeah. It's probably the moment you drop in for a weekend away or something or, and do it, do that. Like, or, that's perfect. You know, 40 episodes is probably too long. 20, mm. I think, would have been fine. Yeah. I don't know how you, yeah, we would have had to cut down the roll. Like, if we just, if we actually went nuts and bolts, I don't want to get into that part. But, yes, doing doing all of those things, I think, yeah, going into into some of the flesh and all that kind of stuff of, of 5th edition is really good. De Lindsay, can I ask you this? You play probably more 5th edition. What I have heard, and this is something I can't prove or I don't know, is that the later books, the more that they've added to them, they've created some pretty broken builds that, like, you know, if you've got this book and you're doing this archetype and you're playing this character, oh. like, they've gone, uh, this, that kind of that barbarian doesn't work, but we'll make this one, and then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah that's. I mean, you don't even need to look at There's a balance builds. issue. Druids, druids are fucking broken. Well, I played a druid in my first game yes. in this system with Lindsay, and it was you made that the whole game up. I had a fucking ball at that table because I had no idea what the system was doing. It was just playing a character that could, like you know, I had a great time at that table. Um. Because I had no context for the game. Yeah, yeah. Druids so. of Wild Shape are just broken. Yeah, they just uh, they get whatever hit points they of the shape they're into. Then when they lose those hit points, they revert back to their normal form. No damage carries over. As broken as the grapple rules in Pathfinder. <laughs> and then they just Wild Shape again. So on that note, look, we hope you've enjoyed our little adventure into the Ice Spire Peak. It has been an essential journey. You all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs> For you.